Welcome, friends. I'm Reverend Tim Earhart, and this is Daily Bible Reflections for November 6, 2023. Today's New Testament lesson is from 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 13 to 20. Grateful to God. And we also thank God continually because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as a human word, but as it actually is the word of God which is indeed at work in you who believe. For you, brothers and sisters, became imitators of God's churches in Judea, which are in Christ Jesus. You suffered from your own people the same things those churches suffered from the Jews who killed the Lord Jesus and the prophets and also drove us out. They displease God and are hostile to everyone in their effort to keep us from speaking to the Gentiles so that they may be saved. In this way, they always heap up their sins to the limit. The wrath of God has come upon them at last. But, brothers and sisters, when we were orphaned by being separated from you for a short time, in person, not in thought, out of our intense longing, we made every effort to see you, for we wanted to come to you. Certainly I, Paul, did again and again, but Satan blocked our way. For what is our hope, our joy, or the crown in which we will glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus when he comes? Is it not you? Indeed, you are our glory and joy. New International Version The Apostle Paul, in all of his letters to the churches, was attentive to affirming those things which are good amongst the believers and not only the aspects of church life that needed change and or repentance. For the Thessalonians, Paul was profoundly grateful to God for the people's receiving of the word and their accepting it as from God. Perhaps there is no greater affirmation than this for the Christian. In order to receive and accept God's word, people must know it, and people cannot know God's word unless they take the time and effort to read it and discover it for themselves. Scripture reading is a foundational spiritual practice for Christians everywhere, and for all of Christ's church throughout the earth. Church worship liturgies, as well as individual Christians' daily disciplines of faith, ought to be thoroughly saturated with Holy Scripture. Yet many churches and believers, sadly, uh, are not. I am specifically calling out the conservative evangelical church on this. Although they claim to be Bible-centered with an extended time for the sermon, there is a paucity of actual scripture contained within those gathered times. Too much of the preaching fails to truly explain scripture, and there are virtually no scripture readings or references outside the sermon and in the worship service. To me, that's a travesty and also a testament to the biblical ignorance of so many evangelicals. What's more, the evangelical impulse for a personal quiet time with the Lord is in reality practiced by precious few believers and usually consists of little more than a daily crumb of the Bible. I perhaps sound a bit cranky and crotchety to you, yet In a previous life, I was an evangelical pastor for many years and know the frustrations and challenges of attempting to bring biblical literacy 
to such churches and Christians. There's a better way, but alas, that is a topic for another time and another post. The true muster of a Christian and any Christian church is the desire, speech, and action of actually following the words and ways of Jesus. It was the Lord Jesus himself who said in John 15, 20, Remember what I told you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. And in John 16, 33, In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Paul was thankful for the Thessalonians because of their solidarity with the other churches and their willingness to suffer as Jesus did. What's more, they did not try to reinvent the wheel, but affirmed the sound practices they saw in the original churches of Judea and imitated those good things. This was not a matter of pragmatism, that is, just doing something that worked somewhere else and adopting it for yourself. Instead, Paul was talking about following the example of the first and earliest of churches. Those churches were made up of Jewish Christians who received a lot of persecution from their fellow Jews. The Thessalonians, too, received grief and belligerence from the same sort of people, trying to bully them around and tell them what to do. But the believers held fast to the pattern of teaching and living they observed from both Paul and the churches who endured suffering in Judea. It's one thing to express belief. It's quite another thing to suffer for those beliefs and experience persecution for them. God will handle the persecutors on Judgment Day, not us. It's our job to remain faithful and persevere in the Christian life until that day comes. For the Apostle Paul, glory and joy was not found in his great intellect in persuading many people or his many accomplishments of planting churches and defending the faith. Paul's highest joy was found in people coming to know Christ and living for Jesus. His glory was in the hundreds of relationships established with people and all the believers he mentored. In other words, Paul's glory and joy was the real names and faces of people he encountered and gathered into one church for whom Christ died and sacrificed himself. It wasn't even a thought in the apostle's big old head to gain glory for himself or to pursue joy for its own sake. Rather, Paul discovered that real joy and glory comes in fulfilling the mission given to him by Christ to make all disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to receive and accept God's word, to become imitators and sufferers with God, and to glory and joy in God's presence. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we, your unworthy servants, give you humble thanks for all your goodness and loving kindness to us and to all whom you have made. We bless you for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for your immeasurable love in the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we pray, give us such an awareness of your mercies, that with truly thankful hearts we may show forth your praise not only with our lips, but 
but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to your service and by walking before you in holiness and righteousness all our days, through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be honor and glory throughout all ages. Amen.